Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Bill Gerber is sitting with us in the studio. Bill, can you speak? Uh, thank say you hello. so much. No, no, no. Much. Say hello. I just want to know you're uh, on the mic. Excellent. Okay. You're there. Great. So Bill Gerber is our Democratic choice, is the Democratic choice, pardon me, for people in Fairfield who would um, who would like to see Brenda Kupchik not win because that is the contest between Brenda Kupchik as the endorsed Republican and Bill Gerber as the endorsed Democrat, the election coming up in November to become the next first selectman of Fairfield. Bill, I have your bio here, but I'd rather you say it. But uh, it appears like you've been very active in Fairfield town politics and affairs for a long time. I have, but first I have to say thank you for having me on. I am a a little starstruck right now. You dig into topics of great importance to Fairfield, um, things that no one else really digs that deep into, like the charter revision and the and the fill pile, and you know things um, like the. Um, oh, a million different things. So, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank ah, you. I've been on the air, would you believe, 17 years? Amazing. Well, I'm a fan. So I, um, I come from the private sector, um, 30 years um, in financial services. Um, I started my career at KPMG. Um, KPMG, one of the big four now. One of the big there four. There used to be a big eight. I started when they were the big eight. One day there'll be a big one. <laughs> I hope really? not. So not ridiculous. a lot of choice. But no. I started when, when they were the big eight. I was a liberal arts major, went to school at Wesleyan University. Wow, up, right up here Up 95 in, in Middletown, yeah. Connecticut. And uh, they used to hire liberal, I, they may still, they used to hire Wait a minute, some, did you know Lin-Manuel Miranda? Did you go to school I did, with him? He's a lot younger than me. Okay. Um, but uh, but I, he is we're, a we're all grad. very proud. Yes. Of him. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. But uh, so they used to hire liberal arts grads. I was an East Asian studies major, spent a lot of time in China and learned how to speak Chinese. I and... saw that you were one of the first <laughs> coterie of people after they had opened second China, year, right? Second year um, under the Reagan administration. Yep. That but, must have uh, been thrilling. Did you learn Mandarin? I did learn Mandarin. Um, I spent a lot of time. I actually ended up working in Taiwan as business development. How for do you the say region. hello? How are you in Mandarin? Oh, uh, Ni Hao, Ni Zhe Yang. 
So um, they hired a bunch of liberal arts people. The Big Eight did, and they sent us all to New York University's School of Business. So we got to work as a um, auditor and in tax. Um, as financial consultants while we were getting our MBA. Um, I got a Master's of Science in Accounting, my MBA in Finance, and got the credentials to become a CPA. So going from East Asian Studies to being a CPA was a great opportunity. Different parts of your brain. Liberal arts to numbers to back, but that's good. But it was fantastic. So became a CPA, um, and then I was um, recruited out. I ended up working in corporate finance for Barclays PLC, um, and then moved to Aetna International. My wife and I moved to Taiwan. I was business development, um, head of business development for Asia. You for must a have a of lot years. of friends there, though. I do. Now. I do. Cheap yeah. poor Taiwan. Oh, well, you know, I, I love Taiwan. Great I, country. It's I, they a don't, great I mean, I guess China wouldn't say they're a country, but whatever it, we want to call them, they're great. It is great. Uh, and a lot of really smart, great scientists there, great, you know, medicine. Um, but uh, they were sold, and I ended up uh, becoming chief financial officer of Citigroup's uh, international insurance division called City Insurance, and um, ultimately was uh, also CFO of White Mountains Financial Services, which is a Bermuda-based company in reinsurance. So, you know, I kind of feel— Insurance, Connecticut, Connecticut, insurance. It does go hand-in-hand hand a little bit. It does. It does. Although, you know, it's spreading out a little bit more all over the country, all yes. over the world. But um, So what brought you specifically to Connecticut, Bill? So I, I met my wife at Wesleyan. Um, so I came here in 1982 to go to college. But we were living in London and um, working for, for Barclays and um, decided to—it was time to come back and— Looked at a map, and we picked uh, Fairfield, went to check it out, fell in love with it, bought a house. And... So not because you had family here? No. my fa- I'm from Philadelphia. Okay. Um, the and suburbs of Philadelphia. From? She's from Rockland County, so okay. right over the Tappan yeah. Zee. Yeah. Yeah. Another yeah. world away, though. It is. It is. <laughs> what town in Rockland County? Suffern. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I kind of feel like my, my background is, uh, is well-suited to... You know, I've been in some great companies as a consultant. Um, Are you and, still working? Uh, I have retired. You've retired. Um, so oh, I'm very I've, young I've, to retire. Okay. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's. And I went back to school a few years ago to become uh, to get my master's in public health. Uh, I think you know my my son uh, passed away from cancer. I became quite uh, uh, interested in the so medical sorry. world. Thank you so much. But uh, was thinking of going back uh, for a master's in biology. A friend of mine said, "You don't want to do that. You'll be ninety by the time you get a lab, and not really good use of your time." So I ended up going to you know George Washington University, getting my master's in public health. Did you really? And yeah, yeah. So um, and what were you thinking about doing with that? Okay. I wasn't really thinking. I wrote. Um, a paper that was um, accepted into a, a, a pretty uh, important journal. Um, spent a lot of time on that, and I just like the idea of doing research. I'm very so when the into pandemic came, you yep. were sort of poised, weren't you? You were ready for that. With yeah, the yeah. As a matter of fact, I wrote a long email to our current first select woman saying, "This is what I think you should do." <laughs> Did she take you up on any of your suggestions? She she she, um, she followed the advice of of the governor. I think you know. Um, you know, there were no, as far as I could see, uh, no major diversions from what we should have been doing. Were you time. happy with the way Connecticut responded to COVID? I was happy. I think it was 
a really hard situation to be in. You know, people look back um, and say, we should have done this, we should have done that. But I, I have this, this uh, maybe it's a problem of being able to look back and remember exactly oh, yeah. how I felt at the time. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was scary. We didn't I agree really know. With you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the revisionist history is so tempting, and people do it all the time, but we all lived through it. It wasn't that long ago. And day by day, I think that the governor got high marks because he was trying to navigate something that made us feel relatively free in the midst of something we didn't know what it was. I agree with you. And, uh, you know, I just come off of um, getting my master's in public health. I had to study all these terrible situations where things didn't, you know, turn around even as quickly uh, as they did here. And, you know, we we just didn't know at the time. But, you know, we're chatting with Bill Gerber, who is running for first selectman in Fairfield. I do think, and I said this at the time on the air, and I stand by it, so this is not revisionist. I thought at the time we failed our children, and I stand by that. I felt like the teachers and the teachers union, and I got a lot of flack, and people called the show, and they got so mad at me. I don't care. I felt like the grown-ups were so afraid of their own selves and their own health that they did not put the children first. And I felt personally as a value system that that was wrong because it was only several months into the pandemic that we knew, we knew that it wasn't really spreading among children, it wasn't killing children, and that children needed to be in the classroom. Yeah, I have to admit, looking back, I, I think that's that's probably true. At the time, I was concerned for teachers, but I think after a certain period of time, there was uh, an abundance of caution that maybe went on for too long. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Bill Gerber, you're running for first selectman of Fairfield. Tell me what is prompting you to run, what you might be doing differently than the current administration. Yeah, so I've given you my background. Mm -hmm. I think I can look at, first of all, I've had a front row seat to the way this town's been managed from a slightly outside, you know, the administration has 10 years on the RTM. I'm sort of my caucus's numbers guy, you know, budget guy. And I... I, Were you pleased that the charter revision was turned down? I, I fought against it tooth and nail. I thought it was a um, an attempt to consolidate power under less under fewer people without the structural reforms that would have made something like the fill pile not happen again none of that was put in no true professionalization of management there was no invite you know making a structure where we would have a town manager or a town administrator that was not beholden to a single person or a town attorney that was not beholden to a single person we had the same struct basic structure uh, within these revision proposals but greater power under a single person i didn't see that as a positive thing for fairfield okay so you were pleased with the vote yes i was and i was also really pleased with the bipartisan nature of the effort to get it to get it uh voted against i mean it was really truly an incredible experience for me i learned i learned a lot i learned that you can disagree with people on budgets. Um, You can disagree with what should be funded, what should not be funded, but there are a certain number of people that have a threshold that they will not go under, um, sort of like the Liz Cheney's. And, you know, I I probably don't agree with her on a lot of things, but you look at some of these people and some of the people I worked with on Charter Charter Revision um, as, you know, sort of heroes. They stepped up, they stepped out, they were not afraid to be, uh, to go against their, their party. Okay. We're chatting with Bill Gerber. So I'm sorry I interrupted you because I wanted to hear about that. So tell me a little bit, um, what are the issues you think 
that are facing the first selectmen of Fairfield right now? Well, I I think there are a few um, really big ones. I think first of all, with my background, as you know, hopefully have some credentials to say I think the administration of this town is um, is in trouble. I don't think it's it's well managed. I think the f- fiscal oversight. Um, The lack of fiscal oversight means that there's money that's not being spent wisely. I'm not sure we even really know how the money's spent. We've approved projects. We don't know how much has been spent against those projects. We don't really have an inventory of of what the the major capital assets are and when they need to be replaced. They sort of pop up uh, at the last minute. It just should not be like that. We need a professionally run administration. And I have to say, we have, some, we have some great people working for the town. I think, I think if they were led, you know, with someone um, like myself, I, I really have a lot of respect for the employees that spend their lives learning these things. I think they need some direction. I think they, you know, will feel good, better about themselves if they are given a... a so, a, a, Bill Gerber, you know. question, 203-333-9422. What's the bond rating of the of the town of triple Fairfield. A, triple A. Triple A. Yep. And you're a CPA. You know you can't get a triple A bond rating unless there are some fundamentals of sound fiscal policy, right? Yeah, right. And we've had a triple A rating for a long time. We've had a triple A rating through the Phil Pyle scandal. I think Fairfield is a very you know, I, I But wait I, a minute, it wasn't the Phil Pyle scandal. First of all it was criminal activity. So are you saying that as the first selectman you should be responsible for criminal activity? Well, I well, I think that our first select person was responsible for criminal activity in that he was voted out. I mean, the people held him accountable. Okay. Uh, as they should have. You know, I think um, you know, the, the the voters voted clearly, you know, you know, voted uh um, this current administration in because they just couldn't, you know, both parties couldn't imagine, you know, voting for that the, that administration again. But here we are, you know, four years later, and I feel like the current administration is still running on the last guy. Um, I really don't understand that it's it's tearing this. I, 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 the people I talk to have knocked a couple thousand doors now. They just they're they're wondering why this isn't fixed yet. So I, and what do you mean by fixed? We're going to come right back to that. We're going to be right back with Bill Gerber. We're having an in depth conversation about the direction of Fairfield. He's running as the Democratic endorsed candidate. Two zero three 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 nine four two two. You're listening to the Lisa Wexler Show on WICC. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome back to the show. 203-333-9422. Bill Gerber is in the studio with us. He is running against Brenda Kupchik. The election is in November. What date is the election this year? November, November 7th. November 7th. And 7th. as you said with Bridgeport, not a lot of people show up for municipal elections. They, they have to come out. This is really important. It's so important. I mean, I always argue that the municipal elections are so much more important to our everyday lives than the national ones. The national ones obviously are important, and they take a lot of breath out of the air. But, you know, uh, the way our streets run and our sewers are developed and what projects are going to go forward and how our taxes are allocated in our school systems – this is key. This is key. It's amazing. I'm knocking a lot of doors. And stop me if I'm going off on a tangent, but I was walking along the street, someone not even on my list to talk to, and she she waved me over and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm running for first selectman. She said, oh, you know, um, I don't even know what party she was in. She said, you know, my street um, keeps flooding, and the reason is that they only clean it once a year, and the sewer grates get clogged up with leaves, and it the water spills over into into my basement. Why can't they clean the streets more than once a year? And I said, you know what? That's it was worth stopping and talking to you. I don't care what party you're in, party right, you're in, that's but that's management. They that have is to management. Keep the streets exactly right. right. Okay, so you had said before that the Phil Pyle scandal, criminal, whatever we all know what that was, and if you're just tuning in right now, um, it, Fairfield was really rocked by the fact that as an inside situation, uh, town employee uh, directed that some contaminated stuff, a lot of it, go into fields that were in elementary schools, right? All over. All over. Um, yeah, fields that were used by st- students even, you know, in on elementary schools, on other fields, mm-hmm. soccer fields. Toxic fill. Toxic fill. And how many people were arrested for that? At least three. Uh, Maybe well, more? Well, no, there were more. Um, I'm thinking, is the count up to six or seven? But... Um, you know, yeah, and yep, some yep, people are yep. going to jail. Yep, yep, one, uh, two people are going to jail, mm-hmm. and it's been a big scandal. And as Mr. Gerber said earlier, the reason for the prior administration before Ms. Kupchik for being essentially thrown out of office was because the town had had it right. The town had had it bipartisan. Bipartisan. Everyone agreed. For you know, for uh, uh, most people agreed, it, it was time for a change. Um, and, you know, when the current first select woman came in, I was very supportive of her and I tried to work with her. So um, and, and a lot of that goodwill has been is um, gone away. Why? <laughs> so, um, difficult person to work with. Um, my way or the highway kind of person, I think, you know, alienates a lot of people. And um, so, you know, it's sort of the exact opposite of the type of person I am. I love working with other people. I. I went against my caucus to vote on one of her first ma- major initiatives. Um, got a lot of kudos and thank yous, but uh, the metrics for um, reporting on that it was the uh, voluntary incentive, you know, the employee buyout um, program. 
I, you know, specifically said you need to report on, you know, certain things in order to get my vote, was promised those things, and then never saw those things. So, um, you know, very, very disappointed. Um, I think other people who were excited, you know, Democrats who were excited to have uh, the second woman in Fairfield's history um, quickly found out that she wasn't really interested in listening to anyone. So, um, you know, that's, that's in, in a, in a town like Fairfield with so many really intelligent people, really, really talented people with, you know, PhDs and even, you know, even just work, you know, work experience, you know, uh, you want to leverage as much of that talent as you possibly can. And uh, I don't think that's happening. So you had said earlier that the Phil Pyle scandal, that there was some frustration when you were knocking on doors that people felt that that wasn't finished up yet or resolved yet. What would you have expected to have happened that didn't happen? Well, first of all, I want to say that that was just a, 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 a disgusting situation, top to bottom, bottom to top, you know, from the people who were running the town and watching that fill pile grow without remediating it, uh, without digging into it. Uh, so to speak. Horrible, yeah, so to speak, to the people at the bottom who were manning the gates, who were waving in trucks, waving them around the check-in station. The whole thing was terrible, and uh, I can't wait for this to be completely resolved. Um, but here we are four years later, and we still haven't finished remediating. And so, um, you know, one of the, you know, few things when, when the current first selectman speaks is always talking about the fill pile. And I think what I'm hearing is, why are we still talking about this? Like, is that a management issue that this has not been fully remediated Well, yet? but you've been in corporate world. You know that some things take long and this was a complicated thing and a cleanup and probably there was some money that had to be arranged to help clean it up. So what would you have expected to have been finished that specifically that isn't done yet? I would have expected all of the fields and all of the foundations and everywhere that that fill has gone to be cleaned up. And I would have expected the pile. No, no. The, The pile itself is still not cleaned up, you know, at the dump. And so, um, what what do you I, think the obstacle is to cleaning it up? This obviously an obstacle. I just think obstacle. it's been, you know, I I, <laughs> I I I can't really comment on that. I, I I'm frustrated. I don't know why, and okay. none of my colleagues know why I either. See. Okay. But it's certainly a talking point. So I kind of feel like, you know, in a world where development is coming in at a fast clip, and our traffic is getting worse, and you know, sometimes on, on Mill Plain Road, you're backed up for, you know, 20 minutes trying to get downtown. You know, we should be talking about things like that, about fixing those things, about putting in new policies. And I just think, you know, you're still talking about the fill pile and it's the worst corruption scandal. I think we all know that. You know, we all, you know, we are all disgusted by it. And right now she owns it because it's been four years. So, Clean it up. Let's move on and let's make the town a better place to live. So, Bill Gerber, let me ask you this. One of the um, big issues that was in Hartford last session, and it's going to come up again, led by Desegregate uh, Connecticut, which is uh, actually training people to run for land use boards throughout the area. Um, You can see them advertise that that's what they're doing. Um, What do you uh, think about – what do you think about the – policies coming from Hartford vis-a-vis exercising control from Hartford over land use decisions? Well, nobody likes the state to tell them how to use their land. Um, So, you know, 
from a theoretical standpoint, I, I don't like it at all. But um, the fact is that we have something called A30G. Um, do you it, like the Do you like the law? You think it's a good uh, law? I I don't like the concept that they feel like they have to have that law. I mean, I I, I wish that we could develop um, thoughtful, affordable housing for young people and older people who are retired, you know, um, and want to move out of their houses. We Fairfield has been just just got awful at that. We are among the worst in the state. So. You know, the, the state has stepped in um, partially, I assume, because towns like Fairfield haven't really stepped up to plan. I think long term, not having options for young people, for first responders, for police, for teachers and for, you know, for older people is going to hurt Fairfield economically. Like if we can't have teachers move into our town. Who, um, and they're going to have to live further and further away. We're, I mean, we are already having trouble hiring new teachers. I'm going to go to a question because we're up against the clock, but we'll have to keep talking about that, Bill Gerber. Let's go to Karen from Fairfield. Hi, Karen. You're on the air with Bill Gerber. Hello and welcome. Uh, good morning. Thank you very much. Um, I just had a question. Uh, Mr. Gerber seems to suggest that uh, the fill pile situation, uh, the fact that it hasn't been fully resolved, is somehow a result of some kind of neglect by the current administration. But isn't it true that the uh, requisite uh, permits that are required have to come through the Connecticut uh, deep and that through the pandemic and various staffing issues up there that the town has, in fact, been waiting for deep to make those approvals before they can deal with the fill pile? And Mr. Gerber is well aware of this. So for him to suggest that he's not is a little bit disingenuous of a representation, I believe. But the, the question for him is, is he not aware that we are awaiting uh, deep approvals in order to get the fill pile fully uh, remediated down at the dump? Thank you, Karen. Go ahead, Bill. Um, I, I am aware that we're waiting for um, approvals. I'm also aware that um, the town has um, a big uh, a, a big role in pushing approvals along, and I don't think this town has been particularly aggressive in getting those approvals. Okay, thank you, Karen. Thanks for thanks for answering the question, Bill. We're on the air with Bill Gerber, two zero three 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 nine four two two. So, uh, are you saying that if you were to be at the helm, that there was some kind of thing that you could do that could hasten this process? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, so when you're knocking on doors, and I we're we're on, we're up against the clock. We've just got a couple more minutes. Two zero three 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 nine four two two. So you were chatting earlier about affordable housing and options. Um, do you think that the architectural design of these uh, new places should be something that towns should have a say in? Absolutely. Um, I think towns. You know, there's 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 there should be a form. Of um, of housing that looks nice in in the context of, of where it's put up and and we can do that actually we can we can recreate um, you know we are uh, looking at our zoning laws we should have forms of housing that fit in with their surroundings and you know sometimes you have a housing development that the size of it isn't as much as sort of what it looks like um, 
So they look like boxy prison a, things. A, bo- a, lot. a boxy gray building next to the train station. And they're it's, ugly. And you know, it's not like that. That if we're thinking about the same, <laughs> same building, or um, you know, it's not like it's a bad place for the building because it's mm-hmm. right next to the train station, I know. and it's not even that. But nobody deserves to live in ugliness. Right. I okay, agree. Mike from Fairfield, you've got about ten seconds. We'll see if we can wrap it up with Bill Gerber quickly. Great, thank you. Um, yeah, just when I'm voting for someone, I kind of want to know what they what they stand for, what their platform is, what they're looking to do. And I've heard a lot of, I think, I assume, um, or uh, you know, that type of rhetoric. And I just want to know, like, what you're going to do versus what you think about what's going on now. Okay, Mike from Fairfield, we're up against it. Bill, um, we can probably keep you on a little bit longer awesome. and keep talking awesome. about Fairfield. Yeah, we'll yeah. keep track. Brenda Kupchick, if you're listening, you'll be invited back for the same amount of time. We do equal time on the Lisa Wex show. We'll be right back. Hola, we're here with Bill Gerber. We kept him over the hour. He's running for first selectman of Fairfield, such an important community in our community. Brenda Kupchik is the incumbent. And uh, the last caller, Mike from Fairfield, had asked uh, you, Bill, to articulate what are you going to do uh, if and when you attain office. I want to give you a chance to answer the question. I, I'm really thankful for that question. I, you know, I, I kept wanting to get to that, and then you know, so many interesting things came up. Um, but um, first of all, you know, um, you've heard my background, um, finance and auditing. Got to clean up the mess in town hall first by implementing um, you know, sort of first-rate best practices procedures for making sure that money is being appropriately spent. And then in terms of spending money, um, well, first of all, I think we've misspent, uh, misallocated money on certain projects. I think the way we went about the Penfield uh, rebuild was disgraceful, a last-minute back, you know, backs-to-the-wall decision to do something that should have been done differently. Um, so part of it is just uh, best practices in financial stewardship. Um, part of it then on the other end of the barbell is a vision. So what is our vision for the town? I recently um, submitted a complete streets ordinance uh, to the RTM, and that ordinance forces the town in every major or every street improvement project to um, to consider what is called complete streets. And for those of you that have never heard of complete streets, Google it. There's a ton of information out there, but it's basically, it's a municipal planning concept that considers uh, walkers and bikers and bicyclers and other modes of transportation, people with disabilities, uh, in as part of the what's important for a right-of-way. We've had a number of deaths. We've had a lot of accidents in Fairfield. We've got terrible traffic in Fairfield now. We need to plan streets to be safe for people to walk and get around on, and that has to be coordinated with development. We should not be developing anywhere without considering uh, the streets and the traffic. So we have about, I don't know, about 10 different plans that have been put out by various departments. We've got a resiliency plan. We've got a um, complete streets plan. We've got a bike pedestrian master plan. We've got a racial equity and diversity plan. They're all on shelves gathering dust. We now have a plan of conservation development that was put out. I went to the um, the town hall where we, we had a chance to look at it. There were a number, I think six or seven um, stations set up around a room, and none of them talked to each other. They were all done separately. 
our our Parks and Rec plan. Kudos to the head of Parks and Rec who took the bull by the horns and created a plan, but it was not talking to the conservation department. Uh, the um, Complete Streets plan was not coordinated with the plan, the changes in zoning, so that people were standing by the zoning uh, station asking, how are you going to double the density on my street if you don't consider the fact that I can't pull out of my street due to traffic? So first of all, we need a planning department. We need planners. We are big enough and complicated enough now as a town to have to have a full-time planning function that sits above and coordinates with every part of town so that people don't get frustrated that these plans don't talk to each other. You know what, Bill Gerber? Let's talk about planning because I'm, you know, this is my area is land use. It's my background, and I was on the PNC and ZBA in Westport for six years. Wow, I did not know. That. Yeah, so this is my thing, and I got to tell you, one of the things that irks me is that a lot of times communities have professional planners that don't live in town. Mm. So, and I don't want to name names, but it's it's very common. And it's very troubling because what could be more important to people who live in a community than their own streetscape and their own neighborhoods? And so very often people come in and they have a lot of nice degrees and they earn a very nice salary and they make these plans from a book. And um, I just think when you say that you ought to want to have a planning department, you would want to think very carefully about who is in that planning department. I totally agree. And I was thinking that this should be a person that really knows the town well. I mean, right now, we, the they should live in the town and they should feel what people feel in the town. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking, but you know, we, we see this all the time. You get a traffic study done for a development. It's from some firm in, you know, in New Haven or whatever. And they say, oh, there's not, you know, the traffic's not that bad. And the people who live there know the traffic's bad and it's infuriating. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So if you're thinking about doing that, I'm just saying, you know, you got to keep it real. Right? Personally, I don't think we have a choice. I think we have to do it. We're, while, while we are sort of at the threshold from a population standpoint, from a complex... How many people live in Fairfield now? 62,000 or so. It's a lot of people. You know, you see professional planning departments in, you know, the cities that are bigger than us. But we, you know, we are not blessed with some of the wide streets of Stamford. So, we, you know, I think it's... Well, you don't... You could call that a blessing. I wouldn't. I think Fairfield's a much more charming place. Yes, it is, except it's developing at a fast clip. So it just means, you know, the tra- the options that we have for controlling traffic um, are probably more limited, but we have to get on top of it now. We can't wait. What do you think about night skies and lighting ordinances? Oh, that's you've, a great... You've you know, given a lot of thought to streets, so I'm curious. I, I have not given a lot of thought to the night skies, but I've gotten a few complaints about it, and I think... That is something, I mean, we just had enough trouble getting a noise ordinance updated. Um, I think that, you know, in Fairfield, there's this, um, you know, there was a lot of pushback that, you know, this is my property. I should be able to do what I want with it. But I do think it's a, it's a, there's light pollution. I mean, certainly is light pollution. Well, Westport is starting with commercial. Right, right, right. That's how they're doing it. Okay. They're starting with commercial. At least it's on the drawing board. It hasn't been passed yet, but it's been met in subcommittee. And their thinking is they want to do an incremental approach. They grandfather a lot of what is existing. Mm. But if you want to come in with a new commercial application, then you're going to have to meet some guidelines. You know, um, a lot of a lot of this is, if, you know, if we are really out there thinking of our 
our uh, residents, our stakeholders, our businesses as, you know, shareholders and customers, then we should be looking forward and thinking about this. You know, to date, it's been more the squeaky wheel. So on the noise ordinance, you know, we had groups of people complaining. And and so that pushed forward uh, an effort. But I would like to get in front of things that are really, they're really, you know, it's just a matter of time before people start pushing for it. I have gotten about five emails about Mm, about light. It's a big deal. Yeah. Because of all the birds. It's a big deal for for nature. Yeah. For nature. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Connecticut's leading the way as a state because the Connecticut owned buildings are now going to be off between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. And they okay. knew that it wasn't going to affect that many buildings. We're chatting with Bill Gerber, but they wanted it to stand as an example so that other towns could say, okay, well, our state is doing this. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we shut off the lights on our schools and the buildings that we control at night during the migratory periods? What do we need to have them on for? Right. Right. What do we need to have them on for? You want to have a couple of motion detectors in a parking lot? Nobody should be in an elementary school parking lot, you know, after 10 o'clock anyway. What are they doing there? Right. Right. Shouldn't be there. Right. It's not a good thing. I agree. So we're chatting with Bill Gerber. Well, Bill, how are you feeling through the campaign? Are you feeling energized? Are you feeling excited? I'm enjoying this more than I ever imagined. Are you? You know, this wasn't something I... Stepped up to do. Uh, I was asked to do it, and I said yes. Maybe the fourth or fifth ask, and um, you know, I, I've gotten more and more and more motivated. And knocking on doors is is unbelievable. Isn't it? I well, do it every four years. You know, I was worried to get you know, reelected as a judge. I know. So a year ago, I, I got I knocked on about what two to three thousand doors. You did. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah, two to three thousand slots. I've knocked I about two thousand so far. I maybe. love it. Yeah, yeah. I do. Well, I mean, every once in a while, um, I let's I miss see, it every fall. I feel like you know knocking on doors. Well, you you get. <laughs> To, you get your finger on the pulse. Okay, yeah. so you, you know. I mean, it's your way of, you know, we, on the RTM, I see the big issues come by, but you don't see the, the guy who says his street hasn't been cleaned. And, you know, you have to be knocking doors to, to, to understand that stuff. And it's, you know, especially with, with me, I don't, I, I know you, you switch parties, so you probably have friends all over Westport. So, I, I run very apolitically. I'm right. a judge. I don't. And so my my, my label is not important. To exactly, and it's not important to me. I um you know I've made a real effort um to be but you know to cross the aisle and work with other people. So I've asked you know to to have more Republicans you know sort of on my my knock list, and I I've had maybe out of I don't know fifteen hundred to two thousand doors, maybe three people said I'll never vote for a Democrat, but they were all nice about it. You know, for the most part. And so um, I'm having really great conversations at the door and things have come up that I hadn't thought about. And I just love that. I've had a bunch of uh, of seniors tell me I have this house. I don't want to mow the lawn anymore. I want to stay in Fairfield. Where's the senior housing? I want to I want to retire. I want to stay in Fairfield. Mm. Where's the senior housing? And uh, so that's something that, um, you know, I thought a lot about since knocking doors. Um, you know, the there's no of better way to get in touch with people than to one-on-one see what's on their mind. Right. hundred percent. Right, right, right. Well, Bill Gerber, it's a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you so much for getting coming into the studio. Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet it's you. It's been, it, yeah. Sorry nice I'm, you know, you. starstruck, but uh, this is still, uh, this is still, this has been a great experience and I hope I get the chance to come back. Thanks for coming on to WICC. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.